flow is more about removing those obstacles than it is about forcing a current, right? I mean, we can't make the current of a river flow any faster than it already does. But what we can do is we can remove the obstacles that are in its path. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Flow Over Fear podcast, where it is our mission to help you to rise above fear and realize your ultimate potential in leadership and life. I'm your host, Adam Hill, and it is my goal to share with you the human side of high performance. My guests share their experience with fear, anxiety, struggle, challenge, and most importantly, despite all of it, how they rose above it to achieve incredible results. So if you're ready to rise up, let's get started. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Flow Over Fear. And today, I want to talk about three elements of being in a flow state. That is the first word in the name of this show for a reason, because I really believe that being in flow is the result of rising above our fears, not eliminating our fears, but rising above them. Because when you think about when you're living in that fear in the midst of it, you are experiencing a lot of obstacles to achieving what you want to achieve. But in flow state, on the other hand, when you're in that flow state, you tend to be just above it all. You tend to be, you know, just in the zone, experiencing improvements on a frequent basis, taking all of the feedback you can, not letting anything get in your way. You're removing those obstacles. And that's really the power of it. And today I want to talk about those things because I believe that when you understand the elements of being in a flow state, you can actually uh, be more aware in the moment of what your obstacles actually are, where your fears are bringing you, what, what lies your brain is telling yourself about those fears. And then you can respond accordingly by removing those obstacles. Now, flow is like a river. When you think about a river, what do you think about? Well, it's flowing, right? And it's flowing at a specific speed in a specific direction, and everything's aligned going in the right direction. But think about when there's obstacles in the river. You have a bunch of branches and trees that fall down or, or a stupid beaver builds a dam and blocks all the water source. Well, then your flow isn't, isn't happening. That's really what fear does to us. It blocks our state of flow. And flow is more about removing those obstacles than it is about forcing a current, right? I mean, we can't make the current of a river flow any faster than it already does. But what we can do is we can remove the obstacles that are in its path. We can dig a better trench to make it flow better. We can take out those branches or we can remove the things. But remember, a lot of us do the exact opposite. We try to force our will or, or you know, just use sheer willpower to force our flow. And that doesn't work. To experience flow, you have to remove the obstacles. So that's kind of what we're going to talk about today. Uh, we live in, uh, you know, when we live in the obstacle, though, we tend to dwell on it. And this is the problem. When we experience the obstacles, when you look at a river that's full of obstacles and you want to keep going, you're going to find a way around those obstacles or you're going to try to remove them. But when you're living in the world where you have obstacles, what we tend to do is we tend to dwell in the obstacles and say, oh, dang it, there's things in the way. I can't continue to go on because... You know, I'm not getting the support or I'm not getting this. I'm not getting that. So we look at those obstacles as absolute brick walls that we just can't get beyond. 
And that leads us to burnout, to frustration, to overwhelm, to just giving up completely. And that's where we tend to focus, where we focus on, we focus more on where we want to be, you know, the end goal and the fact that we're not there yet than we do on the immediate moment on what we can do now to remove obstacles, to get closer to where we want to be. Let me just say this as cliche as it sounds, the joy is in the journey. And if you're not enjoying the journey, then the destination ain't worth it. Let me tell you that much. Every achievement we achieve, the euphoria of achieving an achievement lasts about 15 seconds and you're on to whatever's next. So make sure that you're enjoying the process. And if you can enjoy the process, enjoy the journey, enjoy the process of removing the obstacles, enjoy being a beginner. That's one of the best things that you could do to, to, Take yourself out of the problem. Take yourself out of the obstacles and take yourself out of that view of saying, oh my gosh, my dream is so far away. But then talk about where you are now and what you have to do in this very moment to press past your fears and onto a state of flow. So to get away from that burnout, that frustration and the the frustration over the fact that we have all these obstacles in our way, the goal is to remove those obstacles. And there are three things that uh, uh, that I want to talk about today, three elements of that flow state that will help you uh, to help you to do that. And I recently you know, read up on these again in a book called 10x is easier than 2x, which, as you can see, I I have I have dog eared to a ridiculous degree. And if you're not watching the video, I'm holding up the book 10x is easier than 2x by Dan Sullivan and Benjamin Hardy. And I literally have dog ears on almost every page because it's, there's so much ridiculous value in this, so much philosophical value. And, uh, it is truly one of the better books that I've read. And if you've listened to the last few episodes, I talked about a number of books that you can read, uh, three in particular on, on setting your big, setting your sights on the big goals and everything. I would actually put this at the top of the list in terms of what book you should read to identify your path and what you want to achieve, to set your goals so big that they scare you. And, and then you can, you can start to pursue that. But this book talks about three elements that were, that were defined by, uh, Mihai Csikszentmihalyi, which if you, I may have mispronounced that, uh, because I talk about this and I read about this guy a lot. Uh, he is, he is a, a, he is one of the founding fathers of the flow. Uh, research and things like that. And, and he had landmark studies on flow. Um, but his name is really tough to say. <laughs> and it's really, really difficult to spell. There is a whole lot of consonants and a, not a lot of vowels. So, uh, but aside from his name, he has some very simple philosophies on, on the ideas of flow. And, and the first one I want to talk about is this idea that the, I, that one of the obstacles we have to remove to make our flow better is the the obstacle of having unclear goals. Lack of clarity means we have to find clear goals, clear, uh, clear and specific goals that we can target. So we talked a lot about this when we talked about the prioritization funnel over the last couple of weeks and how you can set those goals to be those to be specific and clear. One of the best ways to do this, uh, you may have all heard about this, but setting smart goals, specific, measurable, achievable, relevant, and time bound. 
And that means that you have that, that your goal is so specific, you know what success looks like. You know what the end result looks like. And this goes down all the way from your big three C's dream, the one that lights you up, the one that is 10x greater than where you're at now, to the very daily habits that you get into so that you know what you've achieved. And when you set those goals clearly and smartly and you know what success looks like, you can set specific measurables on how to, uh, how to get to that goal uh, so that you can, you can clearly know when you've achieved it and when you're getting closer. Remember, the goal is all about continuous improvement. When we're flowing down this river, we know that the end might be getting to the ocean, but that's, that's not necessarily the reward. The reward is in the journey. So setting those metrics tells you that you are continuously improving. That is the definition of fulfillment, continuous improvement. And so making sure that it's relevant to what you, you know, what you're, what you want to go. So how do we achieve, what, how do you achieve relevance? Uh, well, relevance, in my opinion, when you're looking at your big goal means that, that it is something that is aligned with your core values that has a deep meaning to you. And this is the very definition of what I would call a three C's dream because the three C's dream is convicted, courageous, and clear. When you come up with a dream that lights you up so much that it is, it, it makes you feel, Oh shit. Like your heart and your brain are simultaneously screaming at you, Eureka. And nope, that's when you're on to something. That's kind of the birth of that dream. And then you find that, that, it does it align with your core values? And this is the important part about making it relevant. Uh, when we, when we neglect the opportunity to see if our dreams or our goals align with our core values, we're not chasing compelling goals. We're chasing impulsive goals and impulsive goals really usually don't, don't lead to any meaningful results. But when we have our goals aligned with our core values, say your, your, your core values are uh, freedom, security, you know, adventure, those kinds of things. That helps you to build a meaningful goal. That's what relevant really means in, in the case of your big goals. Now, when you get down more to the specifics, it becomes, well, does this daily goal, is it relevant to the longer term goals that I'm, I'm looking to achieve? And then of course it's, it's time bound. You want to make sure that, that there's, there's a specific time when you want to achieve that. You know, is it a 10 year target? Is it a three year target? What, what, what does that look like? So that's kind of what that, that clarity looks like. And if you can build a prioritization funnel, the way we talked about a couple of weeks ago, where you put that three C's dream in top and you rattle it down to your three year goals, clear and specific three year goals, clear and specific one-year targets, and then clear and specific quarterly, weekly, and daily to-dos. That's when you can get it going. That's when you can start to improve your flow. And that flow continues to expand as you complete those daily tasks, which gets you closer to that goal. And remember in that process to make sure that you're enjoying it, enjoy that journey, enjoy the continuous improvement you're making, and then reflect on it, look back on what you've achieved to make sure that you recognize your success and how much of a rock star you're becoming by achieving all of these things. 
instead of looking at the shame of being in the gap where, where you're seeing all of the things you didn't achieve today, look at everything that you have because you're definitely better than you were yesterday. If you're doing those, if you're doing at least one of those daily tasks, even if you're doing just one of those daily tasks once a week, it's still progress, celebrate it and then reflect on it and then resolve to be better, even better tomorrow. The second part, the second element of flow that I want to talk about today that, uh, that, that came from the book 10x is easier than 2x and was one of the elements in Mihai, Sikset Mihai's uh, flow research is the need for immediate feedback. Now, this is a tricky one, folks. The reason this one is tricky is because being open to feedback on what we're doing requires incredible amounts of humility. And it also requires incredible amounts of vulnerability and courage. When we first get started with something, think about any time you get started with something. A lot of, I mean, anytime you start with new something, the, the very definition of it is you don't have the knowledge, you don't have the experience. And that leads our ego to make you feel embarrassed. Have you ever felt that way where you feel embarrassed to start something new? I felt that way when I first started doing triathlon because I knew absolutely nothing about it. I just knew I wanted to do it. I wanted to do that race that I saw on television in Hawaii. And I was embarrassed to tell anyone about it because I had no clue what I was doing. My fears showed up in that case saying that people would look down on me and condescendingly say, maybe this isn't for you. You know, this is a, this is a real risky sport and you should, you know, and, and you, and you don't want to put yourself at risk because you can end up hurting yourself and all. Of, and those were the conversations going on in my head. I was embarrassed to tell anybody. I thought I would be made fun of and I thought I would be laughed out of the room. But, you know, what I found over time doing that and doing pretty much anything, you know, whether it be getting sober, that was, I was new to getting sober at one time too and felt a lot of shame. I was new to triathlon and felt a lot of shame. I was new to being in any role I've been in, in business. When I first started as president of my company now, I felt embarrassed about the lack of knowledge that I had. And you know what the antidote became to that over time? was curiosity. The antidote to a lot of that embarrassment is curiosity. When we start asking questions, when we start being curious about what works, what not works, when we start getting stepping out of ourselves and, and looking back at like, okay, how could I have done that differently? What feedback am I getting on, on how I am, uh, hey, how I may be doing poorly or, or how I might be able to make this better? That is the birth, by the way, that, that feedback, that initial feedback, which seems embarrassing and shameful at first, that is the birth. That is, those are the seeds that are planted for greatness in the future. They really are. Look at somebody like Abraham Lincoln, who, uh, who continuously lost in politics. He was, from what I understand, a pretty terrible lawyer and then became one of our greatest presidents. I don't know for certain if that's because of the humility that he had or, or what he had, but current, but certainly he was persistent in pursuing it um, in, in a certain way. Curiosity helps with a lot of that embarrassment. And we can't let our own brains or our own egos be the obstacle in that case. 
That's the obstacle we have to remove in the second piece of getting feedback, removing the obstacle of our ego. A lot of times we'll do something, we'll, we'll start a task, not only will the embarrassment feed in, but we won't even solicit the feedback to get better, or we won't even see the immediate feedback that we're being told. You know, for, for example, starting with my, I, I'm getting started as a, a speaker and, and really putting myself out there uh, in, this, in, this, in the world of speaking. And that requires a lot of getting feedback, getting feedback from audiences and things like that. And even now, I find that ego part of me getting in the way where I think to myself, geez, I, I really don't want people to, to hate what I'm saying or, or dislike it or bit bored or anything like that. And that's what I read into because where my energy goes, that's what I pay attention to. So when I think to myself, boy, I hope people aren't bored by this. You know, or, or boy, I, I hope I don't, you know, embarrass people with my stupid puns. Then, then I, I'm going to be looking for that feedback, but no, kind of stepping out of that and really just being open minded to whatever feedback and looking at it objectively immediately can tell us what, what, uh, uh, you know, where we can make that improvement. It requires that we remove that obstacle of ego and accept where we're at right now. This gets back to that whole idea of, are we living in the world of where we want to be of the future? And are we, are we frustrated that we're not there yet, that we're ignoring where we're at right now? If we can remove that obstacle and put ourselves in the position of how do I, how do I make myself better right now? How do I move just 5% beyond where I need to get to and get that improvement? Focus on continuous improvement from the immediate feedback that you're getting. Do it objectively, putting the ego aside, and you will continue to experience that flow. And then the final one I want to share, talk about today that came from the 10X book is that, is that the need for the challenge that we're pursuing or the risk of that activity needs to be beyond our current skill level. Now, here's the obstacle that gets in the way there. We tend to either put ourselves in a situation where we'll continue to pursue things that are far beyond our, our challenge level, or they're not challenging at us, us at all. And in both of those cases, it leads to frustration. In, in, in the former case, it leads to frustration that we're not getting the results that we want. And it, it leads to demoralization because we keep giving up on our goals. We keep burning out because we keep pushing too hard. And on the latter example, where we're, where we're not pushing or we're not going far enough beyond our comfort zone, we're not seeing any results. We're getting bored. We're getting complacent. And so we also give up in those cases. Now, it's important that we challenge ourselves, that we do things that are beyond our comfort level. This is absolutely aligned with number two in this case, with the need for immediate feedback. Because when we're challenging ourselves with things we haven't done before that are beyond our comfort, zo comfort zone, we're going to need to get, we're going to need to acknowledge the feedback, both the feedback we're getting from other people and the feedback of the situation and circumstances. We have to understand that so we can adapt and move in the right direction to make sure that that flow continues. So what is that sweet spot? 
Well, the rule of thumb that I go with here is 5%. And Stephen Kotler, who's also an expert on the flow, on flow and a researcher on flow, he recommends 4%, but I round it up just because, heck, we're overachievers, right? But 5% is an important number. You want to push just 5% beyond your comfort zone to, to create those results. Now, what is 5%? What is 4%? Well, the truth is, is that those are, you know, relatively, you know, obscure numbers. They're just, they're, they're ideas. So there's, there's not, so focusing and dwelling on the specific number of like, well, what is 5% beyond my comfort zone in the, in the world of swimming? It's well that you're not going to find an, an absolute answer of 5% and where you're going to like say, all right, is that between 5.1% or 4.9%? No, you're, you're going to have to use some of the finger in the air tactics, right? And in this case, the way I look at that is to say, all right, when you think about 5% beyond anything, beyond your comfort zone, beyond whatever, whatever it may be, you have to just think that where you're at right now, if you were to keep doing exactly what you're doing, like if I were to, if I were to keep talking about the same thing every week on this podcast, it might get boring, right? If I'm going to go on and talk about the subject of three elements of flow next week and the week after and the week after that, and I'm not really expanding the interaction or the engagement of the show, it's going to get really boring really quick and I'm going to get bored with it, right? I have to keep pushing the boundaries a little bit. You see that when I interview people on the show, it's, it's, I'm, I'm, I'm pushing the limits a little bit beyond where I'm at right now. And the importance of 5% is it is, it, it is the, it is the sweet spot where courage and consistency meet with achievement and continuous, uh, and continuous fulfillment. The fact that we're not that when that, the reason it's not 1% or 50% or 5,000% is because 5% is just enough that we're not overwhelming ourselves with fear or discomfort so that we burn out. And it's enough so that we're experiencing the fulfillment of continuous growth. That's why we want to keep doing it because it's like the drug that we just want more of. So that 5%, that's where we see some fulfillment happen without the burnout. So strive for that 5%. Here's an example of, of that. When I first started pursuing Ironman triathlon, I wanted to, obviously, I was not a good swimmer. I sank like a rock uh, when I tried to swim. I mean, I'd grown up like trying to tread water in pools and, and swimming in pools and even surfing out in the gentle breakers. But I never really trained myself how to swim or learn to swim. And so I didn't know how to float. And every time I tried to swim any distance, I would sink like a rock and I would get super burned out and tired. So that 5% right in front of me that would lead to thousands of miles of training became I learned I needed to learn to float in a pool. I mean, that sounds ridiculously simple right now, but it's super humbling. And, and, and the, the instinct that I had at that moment was like, well, if I don't know how to float in a pool, how am I going to ever swim 2.4 miles in the open ocean? I can't do that because I'm here. I can't float right now. But that's the thing. Don't get overwhelmed with the, with the end goal that you're going to be doing a year, two years, 10 years from now. Instead, let that be the light that shines and the beacon that you want to pursue and then focus your attention on right where you're at. 
floating in the pool was right where I was at. And once I, once I obsessively focused on that and I, and I mastered that, then I moved on to swimming 25 yards in the pool without stopping. And then once I mastered that, I moved to the next 5%, then the next 5% and so on. So that by the next year, the next 5% staring me in the face was the starting line of my first Ironman which would begin with a 2.4 mile open water swim. What are those points of references that you have of those achievements that you've had where you've given 5% at a time? Our courage and comfort zones grow 5% at a time. That's why you want to pursue that. So remember the challenge and a risk of the activity has to be beyond your current skill level in order for you to experience that flow. Doing these things, those uh, establishing clear and specific goals, being humble and vulnerable enough to get that immediate feedback and respond accordingly and adapt accordingly. And then making sure that the challenge or risk is just 5% beyond your current skill level. Those are the things that will help you to stay in a flow state and they'll put you into a virtuous cycle where you continuously continue to improve on a daily basis and you'll experience the fulfillment and growth as you continue to pursue your big dream. And that is the beauty of it. That's how you find your flow. That's how you rise above fear and you experience that flow. So thank you for joining me today and we will see you next time. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Flow Over Fear podcast. If you're enjoying this show, please do me a favor and hit the subscribe button. I will be so grateful if you do and I'll look forward to bringing you more value in our next episode. I'll see you then.